Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. I'm Marla Martinson, a crystal-loving, tarot-slinging, matchmaker, author, and energy healer. I'm here to inspire you to heal the past, live in the moment, and put some magic and fun in finding your soulmate. This is a place where we talk about all things love, light, how to make your dreams come true, and awaken to your authentic self by consciously creating your reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm so happy to have you here on the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. And if you are loving my episodes and like the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. And I'm so excited about our topic today because it's for you men. And my guest today, Susan Allen, and I are so passionate about this, and we want you to have this information that last week we tried to do the same show, and halfway through we got disconnected and cut off. So we're doing it again. We're going to get you this this information um, somehow, somewhere, and it's right here today. So if you are a mature man, 50-plus, and single, and you're out there hoping to find a soulmate, um, this is going to be for you. As you know, if you know me, I am a matchmaker for high-end, affluent, single men who tend to be in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, and usually want to date hot, younger women. So let's figure out how you can do this and be successful and not jump from date to date and actually get into a relationship. So my dear friend Susan Allen, uh, she's been on many episodes with me. She is amazing. She's an amazing coach. Uh, she's created something called Heart Space Solutions so that you can learn how to create the most peaceful, cooperative relationship possible with anyone, not only uh, in dating you guys, but if you have any issues in work, if you're looking for a new work, if you need help in your career or work. Um, I had a client who worked with Susan for Uh, his relationship, but ended up using a lot of the skills uh, for his business, which was real estate, and it was amazing. So I'm just going to bring on Susan now. Hello, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm so happy we're doing this show. And you guys, I also want to tell you, I forgot to say this, Susan gives a one-hour free uh, session. So um, the in, the info is in the Blog Talk Radio notes, and uh, you can also well, she'll tell you her in, um, info how to get a hold of her as well. But if you have any needs with dating, relationships, work, or anything, do a free session with Susan. So Susan, let's jump into this older man thing. What are some of the differences that a man will want to understand about being a lover as as a young man? And the difference between being, you know, when he was young and then now he's over 50. So what's the difference there? Because I don't think people even stop to think about that. Well, the advantage of having an older body, you know, when you're a boy in high school, you get, uh, you know, 300 minor (laughs) erections a day every time you think (laughs) about sex and even when you're not consciously thinking about sex, you're going to want to have sex, right? So, you know, a guy has to really understand his body as he gets older. And the benefit 
to his partner or potential partner is if he understands this, he wants to learn how to be more caring, more loving, and more emotionally connecting. And the challenge is that, you know, a lot of the men you work with are millionaires and multimillionaires and more, and they didn't make their money by being caring and emotionally intimate. Mm, you know, they right. made their money by being smart cookies, being hard workers, being really talented at a number of different skills, sometimes real estate, sometimes the financial markets, sometimes, uh, you know, they're MDs, whatever it is, but very, very left-brain guys. And now here I am saying, well, if you want to be really successful in a lifelong relationship with a beautiful, sexy woman, now you've got to develop a different part of your brain. And that, of course, Mm. is a lot of what I teach men. Oh, my gosh, that is so true because um, me and my business partner will be talking sometimes and say, how did this guy, you know, we'll talk about a certain client. How is this guy, you know, how did he make $100 million? How is he so successful in business? But when it comes to dating, I mean, it's just he's clueless. We've really got to get him some help. (laughs) And that explains it. This explains it. Yeah. Because empathy is not how someone became, you know, a, what they call ma- a master of the universe. You know, that it, right. it was not based on empathy. And even if they seem very affable and they have a big, beautiful smile, and, you know, a lot of the multimillionaires I've dated do, they're handsome men, they're charming men, they've got that going for them. But underneath it all, they're not empathetic. Nobody ever encouraged them to develop empathy. Yeah. Now they've got to. They have no choice if they want to be in a lifelong loving relationship because I've certainly speak to them when their relationship goes sideways, you know? Right. And and you know, let's speak a little bit to the guys who are um uh, you know, 50 plus, 60 plus who still do want to date 20 years younger. It's I come across that all the time and um, it's it's challenging for me because a lot of the women 20 years younger would prefer to date a guy closer to their own age or, you know, have a child with. Um, what's your best advice for guys who are seeking that? And is there a way that they can they can switch that preference? I, I have maybe get hypnotized or something. I don't know. but <laughs> Well, be, let's talk about yeah. why a man wants to yeah. date a hot woman, okay? Okay, right. First of all, a hot young woman is hardwired into a man just mm-hmm. as a woman who has a particular bust waist hip ratio is hardwired into a man it has to do with the natural desire to be with a woman who's going to be successfully carrying your your child even if you're 90 years old and you're not interested in having children again that preference mm-hmm. of bust waist hip ratio is hardwired So one of the things that the man needs to understand is that he has to be a match for the woman. He has to be sexy. He has to be attractive. He can be a 70-year-old guy who's very sexy and attractive within his own age range because nowadays anyone can have some plastic surgery. Anyone can Mm -hmm. buy great clothes. Anyone can be well-groomed. Anyone can learn to be empathetic and caring. So a lot of what you're describing is men who thought that all they had to do was be really successful in their careers 
And that was true 50 years ago, because 50 years ago, there were not a lot of multimillionaires wandering around. Right. You know, when I dated right. multimillionaires in the 70s and 80s, I was maybe the only one of my friends who did. Yeah. But now they're all over the place. You go to a golf club, um, you know, not just in Los Angeles and New York, but in every major city, and you're going to be tripping over golf balls and mm-hmm. multimillionaires. So they've yeah. got to step up, and that's why I work with so many men, because they need new skills. They need a deeper understanding of how to attract that woman. And more important, Marla, once you introduce him to a fabulous woman, he's got to keep her. You know, I've got um, two clients who just became engaged. I worked with the man, and before that, I had worked with the woman. I'm now working with another couple. I started working with the woman, and now I'm working with the man as well. And the relationship just gets better and better and better. The more Mm -hmm. skills you have. Right. So um, men nowadays, they do have more sexual opportunities, new ones, since the discovery of so many medical solutions. uh, Because as we get, the men get older, um, they're not getting those, you know, 500 uh, erections a day. (laughs) So what what are some of the, you were telling me about some interesting new um, inventions or new things that have come out to help. Yeah. To help with that. And the first yeah. thing I want to say is I encourage older men to be with younger women because I have yet to meet an older man or any man who understands what happens to a woman in menopause. Mm-hmm. And that if he's planning on being with this woman for the rest of his life, he absolutely needs to learn how to motivate and inspire her to take bioidentical hormones, not just for her brain health not just for her mental health, but so she's going to be interested in sex. And most of these very powerful, very intelligent men don't have any understanding of any of this. They may have, you know, advanced degrees from Yale and Harvard, but they still don't know what I'm talking about. But they're more interested when I talk about things for them. And it's no longer just Viagra. It's no longer just Cialis. And if a man has a heart condition... He can't take pills anyway. It's dangerous for mm. him to. Right. So the, the best skill, the best thing to know about is the penis pump, which allows a guy to have sex all day long if he wants to, which no guy in his 20s or 30s can do. It just mm-hmm. means that he has to understand how to use the pump, he has to use it, and he has to take off the cock ring for 30 minutes in between usages so that he doesn't end up with a problem, and he has to be conscious. But he can have sex all to, day and all night if he wants to. Sorry, no, does that not have to at be all. Implanted? No, okay. No, not at all. All right. Not at all. Now, there are guys who have had it implanted, but, you know, it's funny. I'm looking for my own perfect life partner, so I've been dating right. for the last year, and I haven't found him yet because I need somebody who's really evolved. And one of the guys yeah. that I spoke to last year told me, that he had had a penis pump implanted, and he had never used it. So he Uh had not gone on one single date after he had the penis pump implanted. And I I said, this was fascinating. I said, well, you spent a lot of money, and you went through some pain, so you must have been very serious about it before you, you know, 
press the trigger. He said, yeah, but you know what happened is that it was so painful and it was traumatic for mm-hmm. me. So you know what? I do not encourage men to go that route. You can mm-hmm. have right. the battery-operated one. You just leave it in the bathroom, and when you're ready to have sex, you use it, period. Yeah. Now, what about um, I came across this recently with a couple of men that I've spoken to, and um, if a man's been divorced, sometimes even t- twice or more, and it may be difficult to encourage him to take another chance, and they want it, they want to be with somebody. Um, but what kind of work do you do with men so that they're open to loving again and opening up to that? I think they've got fear that, that they're going to be wiped out financially or something, or it's just took too much out of them, the divorces. Yeah, it, of course it depends on the cause of the divorce, and of course it depends mm-hmm. on the trauma that the man has experienced. I do a lot of work to transform uh, early trauma. I work with a lot of people with PTSD. I work with a lot of families where there's been someone who's addicted to something, and so the whole family is traumatized. You know, and I work with a lot of cases so that that person becomes uh, clean and sober. But to talk about the trauma itself, if a man has been traumatized financially, he did not have a proper prenup. He just didn't. Yeah, right. If a man has been traumatized sexually, it's because he didn't have my six-part conversation skills, so he didn't know who he was marrying, and he didn't Mm -hmm. know who to avoid being with. If a man is heartbroken because his wife died or because she left him for somebody else, there are Another 40 skills that I offer depending on the situation. You know, the reason I do one-on-one coaching now and I rarely do groups is one-on-one coaching produces very fast results compared to group coaching. First of all, individually, someone's willing to talk to me and tell me the truth. Yeah. And then once I know what we're really dealing with, then we can move very, very quickly. I do certain healings. I recommend and introduce clients to other healers who have unique capabilities. I teach clients skills and tools that they want to practice each and every day. But all of it boils down to not knowing what I was doing, which is how I got into that problem. And if I know what I'm doing, I'm going to be able to avoid it next time. Yes, absolutely. Um, Great point, because I do get uh, most of the men I get are divorced or sometimes a widower. And, uh, yeah, they want to have somebody to spend their life with. And and it can be very frustrating to try to get out there again at that age. And um, they're not knowing how to motivate women. And um, you you talk about how to uh, finesse for information. Um, can you give us a little example of that? Because when the guys are on dates, sometimes they'll come back and say, after a few dates, well, she was got involved with a woman and then she was crazy or she was, you know, unstable or she didn't have, uh, doesn't have any income or whatever. And you've got some techniques that they can find these things out right away. Yes. You know, when you speak to someone for the very first time, your job is to finesse for information. When you go out with them the very first time, Your job is not to be captivated by her beauty or captivated by her figure. Your job is to finesse for information and be captivated. So when I say finesse, so if you're a guy and you're 
on a date, then let's imagine that you've been on the phone with the person already. You know her name. You know where she works. You know how old she is. You know how many children she does or doesn't have. You know where she lives. Now, if you find the person is really reluctant to tell you this, then you may decide you don't want to proceed because then you get a sense that somebody's hiding something. But when you go out on the date and you're sitting across from somebody at a restaurant, now you have a chance to look at microfacial expressions. So if I say to somebody, well, I understand that you've been divorced for five years and that must have been difficult because you have two small children. So you're not asking if it was difficult. You're saying, I imagine it was. Now that person will naturally jump in and tell you the truth what that person feels about it, felt about it, what's real for her, right? The next thing you probably want to know is, so I understand that you're a CPA. And that must be very, very difficult because we're getting into tax season, if you're getting into tax season. And you may get a funny gaze, you know, from her, a glazed look. Now, that could either mean she's so successful She has so many tax returns to do, or it may mean she was misrepresenting herself. Maybe she was a CPA, but maybe she hasn't worked in a long time. So it's very important to drill down. Now, if you're a guy and you're a successful man in business, you know how to interview people for a job, but that's really the inquisition. You can't do that on a date. This is a charm offensive. I actually had to tell a guy on the phone a couple of weeks ago who wanted to go out with me. I said, you know, you may have forgotten. Dating is a charm offensive. <laughs> and the guy still <laughs> couldn't throw any charm my way. You know, so I got uh, off the phone very quickly. I said to him, well, thank you very much. It's been lovely speaking to you. I have to go now. He said, really? I said, well, we've been on the phone for 55 minutes. Oh, it seemed like five minutes to me. You know, and believe me, Marla, it didn't seem like five minutes to me. I was watching the (laughs) clock, you know, crawl. Yeah. So when you're speaking to somebody, not you know, you've got to be great at multitasking. So you're charming. You're an attractive man. You're dynamic. You've taken her to a wonderful restaurant. You're well-dressed. You're well-groomed. You've got all of these things going for you. You've got a wonderful career. But now you've got to find out about her, and you would say next, you know. So I imagine Mm -hmm. that having these two small children and being divorced, that you have custody about half the time. Is that right? Again, Mm -hmm. most men who are 50, 60, and older don't want the young woman who's got young kids running around. Right. They may tolerate Um, it, but that's not exciting. And how do you balance this? Because a lot of the feedback I get also is a date will turn in more of a, a bitch fest, a therapy session where you say, oh, you know, I bet your divorce was, you know, tell me about your divorce or whatever. And then they go into all the horrors of the, you know, this and that. And then it, it's it's just, it's a downer after a man works hard, hard all day. He wants to sit down. Well, that just tells you that yeah. he, yeah, that just tells you that he doesn't have the skills to control a conversation. Now, Most successful men have been interviewed by the press, and they know that the secret to an interview by the press is to control the conversation. You know, I've had about, you know, 400 
TV shows myself and, you know, as many radio shows. And you just, you know, if somebody's asking you a question that's not useful to your customers and clients and potentials, Mm -hmm. then you change the topic. So the bottom line is if he is already crazy about this woman, he may make a dinner date. Otherwise, he may say to her, let's meet for a drink, and if we like each other, we can stay for dinner. You know, if we like each other. So if she is on a bitch fest, he's not liking that because you never would get into a relationship with a complainer if you have half a brain, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, I was just working with a really nice guy two days ago, and he was talking to me about women who complain, and I did a role play with him, and we laughed about the fact that he was complaining. So I said, well, you can never do that again. You know, if you complain, now you're giving permission to the other person to complain. Instead, what you want to do is give them empathy. Oh, Barbara, I can only imagine how frustrating that was for you. You'd made the effort to get all dressed up and go down to Marina Del Rey, and you were expecting to have a wonderful evening, and now this guy is complaining to you about his former wife. That must have been very difficult. Now, if she says yes and now gets back to being cheerful, okay. But if she says yes and goes back to being complaining, bitching, whatever, then he's going to say to her, well, it was nice meeting you. Thank you so much. And he pays the check and he leaves. He's not going to drag out the evening because he already knows you cannot make a life with a complainer. Can't do it. Yeah, and it's interesting that you said that that he complains too because when I get the feedback from both part people, often they say the same thing about each other. Well, all they did was yeah. talk about themselves or all they did was they they both feel the same way. So it's interesting, like, well, if one person's talking the whole time, how can the other person say that about the, the, their um, view of it, their experience of it? Is, but you know what you're pointing out is neither have the skills I teach. That's why mm-hmm. sometimes you send me women, sometimes you send me men. You know, I work with men and right. women. The best way yeah. for a couple to have a great relationship is for both of them to have skills, obviously. Just like the best way to run a very successful company is that the CEO, the president, and everybody else are skilled communicators. That's why I work with companies. Yeah. You know, I work with companies as well, as you, as you told everybody. The more yeah. skills and tools we have the better results we get, period. Yes, and I'll say, you know, I've been doing, I've been a matchmaker for 18 years, and uh, I've seen a lot of the singles, men and women, uh, they're still out there. You know, I see people, they're still looking for partners, people that I met 18 years ago when I first got in the business, and they're right. still right. out there dating, still going to another matchmaker, getting angry at the matchmakers because they're not getting them into ah. a relationship. Aww. So yeah, so um, I, I think it's just absolutely skills. Um, we think that, you know, in the olden days or whatever, before it was just like, well, you just meet someone and it clicks or somebody introduces you to someone and you're together the rest of your life or something. But no more. It's, it's so many, There's so many choices with all these apps and these <clears throat> sites. And it just feels like it's what people are going, they see a red flag or somebody's, you know, bitching at a date. It's like next, next, But next. let's talk so, about that for a minute. Right? Let's talk about okay. that for a minute. You know, p- 
people think that settling works, people who call me to become a client for their first mm-hmm. complimentary session yeah. always ask me, with very few exceptions, do you think I'm making a mistake, Susan, by being too demanding? Mm-hmm. And honestly, the mistake people make is being insufficiently demanding. You have to spend the rest of your life with this person, if this is what you're looking for, a perfect life partner, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's ironic. In the last year, as I've been dating, I found one man who was the perfect passion partner, but nothing mm-hmm. else. One man who was the perfect intellectual partner, and nothing else. And one man who was the perfect friend, Now, I consider myself lucky to have found three men who were so extraordinary in different areas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and these are all men who are 68, 69 and older, the three of them. So to have been able to finesse around the universe, to bring that in and to have these very intense, very emotional, very connecting, joyous experiences with these people in whatever category it was. I consider Mm -hmm. myself very fortunate. Now, by and large, it's me doing it, me with the skills. My friend is my friend because he's got a lot of skills as well. But the other two guys, it's basically, you know, me. One of them is a genius, the smartest person I've ever met in my life, and I collected geniuses. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. and the other guy um, is just the sexiest guy I've ever met, and I, you know, collected a lot of incredibly sexy guys. But you know, they yeah. had those categories, those fields covered long before I showed up on this on the scene. It's about having the high standards, and of course, I don't have one of them as my partner because I need somebody who combines the three in a particular way, and so does everybody right. who's listening. You need that yeah. combo. And and I think with 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 learning the skills, uh, there probably are a lot of partners out there that could have had that all, but they didn't get that far. Like you know, you know how to finesse, and you found out. But I think because they're dating hundreds, well, you know, of people. My say, experience is that yeah. very few men develop yeah. any skills at all, besides right. business skills. Yeah. So my experience is that if you're a guy listening to this podcast. And if you take my invitation through Marla of having a complimentary one-hour session with me to really understand what's next for you, what's missing, and when I say what's missing, what do women understand is missing in your communication? Because believe me, if I interviewed five women you've dated, they would all say pretty much the same thing about you as, you know, If you interviewed five men that I've dated, they'd all say pretty much the same thing about me, too. Mm -hmm. But I am constantly evolving and learning just like you are, Marla. Mm -hmm. Men need to understand this. So if you're a man who Marla met 18 years ago and you're still looking for a partner, please take this opportunity. There are no strings. I'm not going to push you, prod you, or try to get you to buy anything. If you decide you want to become my client, great, fantastic. Yeah. And if you don't, that's also fantastic. My company is a nonprofit, and I do this out of the generosity of making the world a better place for all of us. 
I love it. Susan, what's your phone number? Thank you. 818-314-1200. 818-314-1200. You can call me. You can text me. And my email is susan at susanallen.org. Susan at Susan Allen, and that's A-L-L-A-N dot O-R-G. Wonderful. And uh, her, her um, website is heartspacesolutions.com. So, you guys, let's get you uh, all let's get you all ready for 2020 and polished up with your skills and get you into an awesome relationship. Susan, thank you so much for joining me. And um, thank you. Until next time. Thank you. Much love, everybody.